You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. Good morning. My name's Chad. Those of you who are visiting with us, uh, we're really glad you're here. Wherever you've come from, whether you've moved to the area, whether you are just visiting today or you're friends from different parts of Australia, uh, it's great to have you in our home and our family would like to put their hands together for you just to let you know. Though we love you and you can join us for a coffee if you like later on, otherwise just go at your own pace. If you've never been in a church environment before, if this is a little uh, foreign or unique for you, then congratulations, well done for coming uh, into an environment that's, um, that's rare for you, it's a very courageous thing to do and we just encourage you to go at your own pace, relax and enjoy and uh, trust that you feel like your morning was worthwhile uh, spent with us. Over the last, I think, four weeks, we have been uh, undertaking a prepared Preparation for Summer Preaching Series, and we've entitled it, Set for, there it is, Set for Success, picture of Chad with his six-pack, uh, Set for Success. We're looking at some of the big ticket items of life, some of the big issues of life, and in investigating the concept that God, like a good father, like a good parent does with his kids, and God, like a good farmer, Like the picture of the vineyard, where a vineyard owner set up the vineyard to succeed so that the tenants who looked after it were set up to win. God, like a good farmer and God, like a good father, sets us up to succeed in life. He plays his part, sets us up for a win so that we, in cooperating with his purposes, can be successful in whatever that means in the big areas of life. We've looked at a few of those over the last few weeks and we've essentially used the New Living Translation of Deuteronomy 8 where Moses says this to God's people as they're entering into the promised land and he says make sure you remember as you go into the promised land he says remember the Lord your God for he is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he spoke to your ancestors and that he confirmed with an oath. God gives us the power to be successful. We've looked at how God's set us up for a win in regards to our speech, a major area of life. We've looked at how God has set us up to succeed in the area of our finance, a major area of life. Rachel did a sensational job last week speaking about how God has set us up for a win in the area of our thought life and the value of hearing and embracing truth. This morning... Drum roll, please. Put your hands together for the great Reverend Robert Moores. Come on, Rob. Do it. He's got a preaching shirt on. Thanks, Chadley. Are you taking my mic? Yep. I decided to be a proper preacher and have a hand mic today. So there you go. This is the problem. I have to learn to not get too carried away in worship, do it all in my head because it wrecks my voice <laughs> for when um, <laughs> I'm preaching. But there you that's okay. I'll just have a different voice. And you say, we've got someone different up there that looks like Rob. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> Psalm 43. Now listen to this. You ready for this? Come on. Okay. Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust lies, for you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth and let them guide me. 
Let them lead me to your holy mountain in the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I put my hope in you, God. I will praise him again, my Saviour and my God. Now, when you you read a psalm like that, it doesn't take long to realise that whoever wrote that psalm has been under a huge amount of stress, stress, going through a lot of horrible stuff, but at the end of the day, he puts his hope in God and praises God. And folks, we need to be in that place no matter what is going on in our lives. And sometimes it takes a bit of effort, it takes a choice to say, that's the place I'm going to put myself. And so today, the big life issue is that of hope. We've got the summer series, Set for Success. I keep on thinking it's dressed for success and the song just goes flying through my mind. And I'm going to sing that. No, (laughs) I won't do that. And so today... It's about hope. And hope is an answer, is an answer to those issues in our life of fear and anxiety and uncertainty. Anxiety is a terrible thing. Anxiety can just pop up from nowhere and you think, where did that come from? I was all right a minute ago and then this darn anxiety pops up. Folks, our lives are messy. We have messy lives. If you can get your life in order, you're doing well. But for the rest of us, our lives are messy. Our lives are complicated and they're tangled. We don't know what to do with ourselves half the time. How many times do you think, I just don't know what to do? The other day, I think it was on sunrise, and they were talking about how one of them had seen this elderly lady in the bank and she was saying to the teller, I have this huge electricity bill. And I don't know how to pay. She had no idea as how she was going to deal with that bill. And so we're facing anxiety, we're facing fears, fears that we're going to run out of money, fear of this, fear of that. We're facing issues of health, we're facing issues of family and money. Families are great if it just wasn't for people. You know, that's... (coughs) That's the thing with families. We can't do without them and wish we could, but we don't. Families are why we exist pretty well, except for God. And so we're dealing with stuff like that, and it stresses us. We're dealing with things in our relationships, and when our relationships, there's anger and there's bitterness and resentment, and that stresses us out. And all of us experience this stuff from time to time, and some more than others. And so today... We're looking at the issue of hope because I hear people say, I just can't do this. I just can't do this anymore. I just want to give up. The trouble is if you give up, how do you give up and what does that mean? Can you shrink inside of yourself and put a turtle shell around yourself? If we could, I reckon a lot of us would do that from time to time. And so we need Jesus. Say it again. We need Jesus and he is the one who brings hope. Matthew 12, 21 says... Something like that. And his name will be the hope for all the world. That is Jesus. That is worth jumping up and down about. Okay, if you want to get up on your seat and jump up and down, feel free. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So, folks, hope. You know, some people just seem to manage really well. 
Some people never run out of money. <coughs> Their kids behave themselves all the time. They, their mortgages seem to be paid for. Someone's laughing. They've obviously never experienced that. <laughs> their mortgages, they don't seem to have mortgages. They have the best cars. Nothing goes wrong. Well, that's just not true. It's just an illusion. But there are some people, despite everything going wrong, just seem to cope. Maybe they've got hope. Maybe they have hope. The thing is, we do things like say, gee, I hope I get a really good Christmas present. I hope I get lunch today. I hope my wife will be pleasant with me when I come home late. I, I hope I'll get a ride in Alex's Falcon. <laughs> He's not here. <laughs> I hope... That is like wishing, isn't it? Hoping and wishing, despite some dictionary explanations, are not the same. <clears throat> Hope is about having an attitude that says, tomorrow will be better than today. <clears throat> no matter what, I'm going to keep going. Despite what's happening with me now, my future is assured. You know, in prison camps during the, during the wars, Certain people seem to survive and others who are well and fit initially just seem to die. And those who've examined this have discovered that those who had a sense of hope were more inclined to survive than those who didn't. Hope will do things like this. Hope, here's, here's, here's a definition. Here's a defi- this is a heart-type definition. Hope is a passion for what is possible. I'll expand. Hope is a passion for what God has made possible. So hope could be that. I have a longer version, but I'll probably garble it. So I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'll have to think about that. (laughs) Hope is the expectation of those things for which faith has believed that 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 faith has believed that God has that promised. That faith has believed that through the promises of God. I got the last bit wrong. (laughs) I'll I'll work it out. I'll work it out. I'll work it out. It's like trying to remember scripture verses. But faith has believed for what has been promised by God. That's what hope is about. Faith and hope come together, by the way. (coughs) They are buddies. They (coughs) don't separate themselves from each other. So, folks, our world is messy. And our world is complicated. And we need something more than stuff. (coughs) We need something more than a new smartphone or a new smart fridge or an even smarter TV. We need need something more than a whole heap of new clothes. We need something more than the shallow promises from some politician who wants our vote. Don't we? (laughs) We need something more than that. We need something more than stuff that won't wear out, that won't go out of fashion, that won't let us down. We need hope, and hope comes from Jesus, and that is grounded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You need to know that. That's worth yelling for joy with that one. Hope is grounded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now, listen to this. This is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And this is from the NIV. Just, and you think, how's he got an NIV in there? Easy. In pencil on the side here. And it says this. <clears throat> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's a good way to start the day. That's a good way to meet the day. That's a good way to go to bed. That's a good way to have your lunch. <laughs> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ <coughs> from the dead. Now that is worth burning into your head, into your heart. Next week I'm going to check up to see who's got it. <coughs> and if you've got it, there'll be a reward. <coughs> no, I'll have a reward. Just remember so I can bring rewards, Maureen. Just remember I'll bring, bring rewards. I, I was going to say I give everyone $20, but you all might, I mightn't have that much money. I'll have to be borrowing it off of Don Crook and, you know, he gets sick of me doing that. He's pretty good, though. <coughs> Our God has done awesome things. He has done incredible things. And we call these the mighty acts of God. <coughs> In the past, God took a people called Israel who were enslaved and repressed and brutalised took them out of Egypt. He did incredible miracles to do so. He came to the Red Sea and parted the Red Sea and led them across it and destroyed their enemies. <coughs> that is a mighty act of God where God liberates his people from slavery and sets them free. The greatest mighty act of God is when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and set us free from the power of sin and death and darkness and the devil lost his authority. <coughs> that is an incredible act of God. We are forgiven and we have life and we have hope. And if you don't get that, you need to get that. If you're a Christian, you need to get that into your heart because this, this is why we exist. And <coughs> so God has done incredible things. Now look, because he's risen, we can have faith. Because he's risen, we can have hope. He has done incredible things in the past and he can do it again. So God, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do incredible things in our day, in our time, in our lives, in this church, in this community and beyond. <coughs> now, whoa, I'll try that again. That's the right, that's the sweet spot. Now, wow. Folks, we need to believe in a God who cares. I'm not <coughs> talking about just believing in your head. I'm talking about the type of belief where we believe in a God who cares, who's Jesus Christ, who has our Lord and Saviour. And we believe him in a way that we have a personal relationship, <coughs> that we've taken on board his, his forgiveness and his grace, and we've received that. We need to believe in a God who cares. <coughs> and if we do <coughs> believe in a God who cares, then we know he can be trusted. We can be confident that he will take care of us, that he'll keep his promises. And if we have that sort of confidence, you know what? We can look forward to something. We've got something to look forward to. And so if we believe in a God who cares, we can be grateful. <clears throat> something changes inside of us. <clears throat> Somehow... We start focus, stop focusing on ourselves and start focusing more and more on God and others in a sense of gratitude. Gratitude is awesome. It changes the way you think. If you are constantly being grateful and making a habit of it and deliberately doing it, it changes the way you think. It changes the way you view life and yourself. 
It's worth being grateful. The rewards are immense. <coughs> Life just changes. So if we believe in a God who cares and we're grateful, somehow we find that our heart starts to become warmer. We start liking ourselves better. And what's more, <coughs> God doesn't seem so far away and we start feeling warmer towards God. And what's more, we start feeling warmer towards other people and we become kinder. We need kindness in our world. So many people <coughs> do not know what it's like to, for someone to be kind to them. You know, Maureen in her school with some of those kids, they have no concept of people being kind to them. They've never experienced it. When someone's kind to them, they don't know what to do with it. <coughs> but people need some kindness. And guess what? You've got the goods. It's part of who the Holy Spirit is and you have that kindness in you. And if you say, oh, no, I haven't. Yes, you have. Argue with God and allow what he's put in you to grow. So we need to become kinder. We do become kinder if we, have, if we start being grateful and we have faith in God. And what's more, we become more generous. Now, some of you say, oh, I'm not generous, I'm Ikey. Well, why are you contradicting what God wants for you in the scripture? You have this incredible generous God who's got cattle on a thousand. I was, I was in a shop the other day. I won't tell you what shop. And, some, and the guy behind the thing said, I need to give you a discount. And I said, no, I don't want one. He said, oh, anyway, I said, no. I said, look, look, my old man's a millionaire. <laughs> Our, the family estate's massive. We got, we're in the cattle, on the cattle, on a thousand hills, isn't he? Got <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I couldn't help that. <laughs> this is about being generous. <laughs> Generosity is a tremendous thing. Generosity is something that God <laughs> wants us to be. <clears throat> I tell you, we need to be generous with our resources and our money. You know, if you are generous, it gets rid of a poverty mentality. You can have next to nothing and a generous person still shares. Some people have one thing left and they'll break it in half and give it to another. Another person will have a million of those things and won't give away one. <coughs> Generosity is nothing to do with how much you've got or how much you haven't got. It's about your heart and trusting God. <coughs> and what's more, that generous spirit needs to go to our attitudes towards others. So if someone has done something wrong to you, you need to forgive them. You need a generous spirit. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Well, that's nothing to do with it. They need forgiving. You didn't deserve it, and all the stuff you did. And God gave the only one he had, his only one son, and didn't even break him half. He just broke him on the cross for you <coughs> and gave him for you. Now, that is mega generosity. So you can, you can forgive someone. You can forgive someone. So we need to be generous. Folks, the, the fear of not having enough has to give way to a generous spirit has to give way to a generous spirit. I'm just going to have a little drink. <clears throat> if you lot were really clued up, you'd have your bottle of water waiting, and as soon as I pick one up, you say, well, I'll have one with you, Rob. <laughs> there you go. I'm just going to just carry on a little bit. So if you have faith in a God who cares, <clears throat> if you a growing gratitude and kindness and generosity, somehow this takes the focus off ourselves 
and onto God. It takes the focus off our situations and the things that are going on in our life. And this is what hope is about, focusing on Jesus Christ who's been raised from the dead. Somehow you put those things in place and your life starts to look different. The best thing about it is that you don't have to do it on your own. God will help you do it. You need help. You need help. You need help. You really need help. And you get the best help going and God will help you because life often is not easy and it often is tough. I know Jesus said my yoke is easy. That means he's not going to be hard on you, but life can be tough. And <clears throat> So you need Jesus. You, you need stuff. Listen to this from Romans, Romans 5. I reckon when Peter wrote, when Paul wrote this, it's a, I bet he wrote it and didn't read it out to any of his boys around him and just sent it off because if he had, they probably would have belted him. Now listen to this. <laughs> Romans 5, verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. You know, this is like, you know, everything's falling apart and somebody says, well, just start rejoicing. You know, you probably get smacked. Anyway, he does. <clears throat> we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength and character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And so we have this whole thing that when we're in trouble, when things are happening... We have to endure or we give up. <clears throat> and if we make the choice that we're going to endure, somehow we develop our sense of endurance. We become stronger. We become more resilient. Somehow we can handle stuff better. And you only can do that by going through trouble and dealing with it and keep on going. It strengthens our character. Our character becomes strong. And so with a strong character, it's like <laughs> a str- someone with a strong character is saying, I've got strength to keep going no matter how I'm feeling, no matter how I'm feeling. And because I've got strength of care, I'm going to crash through the quitting points. And that brings us to a confident hope of our salvation, where we know we're saved, but how many days when things are really going wrong and you're falling in a heap, you're not even sure if God is real. And so it's not that you've given away your salvation, you just don't even... Think about it as having this incredible hope in your salvation. But when your character is strong and it keeps you go, your hope rises and something in your heart says, I know I'm saved and one day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to be complete. This keeps me going. This keeps me going. <clears throat> and so we have, have this and then we have the Holy Spirit who just pours God's love into our hearts in, to, in it when we're having problems and when things are going wrong and we know we're loved and God has got his hand on us and he's growing us. And I thought, gee, God, you must really love me to want to grow me up this much because this is really tough stuff I'm going through. But it happens. <laughs> Anyone who is a strong person with a strong character and, and a serious woman of God, a serious man of God, have gone through tough stuff and made choices. And they've got through it, even though they've fallen apart from time to time. And that's what the body is about, to pick us up, to pick each other up, and then we keep going. <coughs> that we're all part of the deal. So one day, we're going to have to, to, to 
answer it to God, but have that confidence saying, I know I'm saved, and you're just finishing it off. You're giving me the new body now, Lord, so to speak. And that's your salvation being completed, among other things. <clears throat> Death is a thing that bothers some of us. In fact, we're all going to experience it. Unless, of course, we have the rapture beforehand. But outside of that, or Elijah's chariot, we're probably all going to experience death. <laughs> but the promise from the word of God, from the resurrection of Jesus, that death has to move over. Death does not have the final say. <clears throat> death has to wait. Because Jesus, who was crucified on the cross and broke the power of sin and broke the power of death, who set us free from our sin, who set us free from the stuff that messes with our minds and hearts, has been raised from the dead. And this confirms that we have hope in Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus Christ. <laughs> and one day, Jesus will return and set up his final kingdom. Now, that is awesome. <laughs> that is an amazing thing. This means when that happens, that everything comes together in how God intended. <coughs> and for us, our salvation is complete. Salvation is complete. Earth is restored, renewed, new heavens, new earth, no sickness, no disease, no darkness. It's just an amazing place. Everything is complete when he returns. He will return. And for this I have hope. <laughs> At the same time, <coughs> there will be some of us thinking, but what about now? All right, for the future, for the sweet by and by, <coughs> when we cross the river into the promised land, when the sweet chariot swings low and carries me home, what about now? Life is tough. I'm fearful. <coughs> I'm anxious. I'm uncertain. It's like I've got this battle raging in my mind, folks. We often have those battles raging in the mind. And we need to take that battle into the presence of God and do the battle there. <coughs> do the battle there. <coughs> and when your heart agrees with the Father, then you'll know peace and you'll won the battle. And you have hope for today. You can pull your shoulders back. You can lift your head up and head out in the day with fire in your eyes. God doesn't leave you alone in this. He gives us the Holy Spirit and he's given us the Holy Spirit as a down payment, as to, as to, as a down payment of what is to come. You take 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 5. I want to read that. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 22. And so this is what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I might just start for a, a verse a little bit before that. Okay, I'll start, I'll start here. I'm not sure, I can't even see the words that it's that small. While we still, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan. And so anyone groaned this morning when they got up out of bed and, oh, a few of you. <laughs> Anyone under 30 that groaned? <laughs> just, just want to see when it starts. I've forgotten. <laughs> we groan and sigh 
It's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies and clothe us, that clothe us. Rather, we want to put in our new bodies so they, these dying bodies will be sw- swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this and guarantees, and as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then I'm just going to go from 1 to about verse 22. I just got to find it there. I'm going to start from 21. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first instalment that guarantees everything that he has promised us. And so it's like God gives us the Holy Spirit like a down payment, like a first instalment, like a guarantee. And so... (coughs) We have the Holy Spirit as a first installment of what is to come, as a foretaste of eternity, which will be an absolutely amazing place. And the Holy Spirit, who is is God's guarantee, guarantees what is to come is now, and so we have hope. Hope is not just in the future, it is now, and the Holy Spirit brings that to us. Jesus wants us to have an incredible life now. John 10.10, Jesus says something like that the thief has come to to rob, steal and kill, but I have come to give life, life in abundance. So Jesus wants us to have this. It's not a case of, well, I'm just going to really persevere and I'm going to endure and I'm just going to suffer for Jesus over the next... 40 or 50 years, and in my case it's about 70 more years, and so <laughs> don't you laugh, don't you laugh. And, and, and that God wants us to have an amazing, fruitful life now that declares the kingdom of God and the goodness of Jesus, declare the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus came to this earth, it's like the kingdom of God invaded earth and just crash landed on earth it's not like there's just this clear sunny day and then all of a sudden this massive cloud appeared and this great bolt of light and cloud and sparks suddenly just flew down from space and crashed on the earth there's all this dust and as it clears there's Jesus standing there with blonde curly hair perfectly shaped beard and a white robe with a little smile on his face when heaven crash landed on earth, he was born as a human being, as a baby in poverty somewhere in the backwoods of Judea. That's where he was born. And as a man, he lived like the rest of us. And something of the kingdom of God started to move when he started healing people. And so the kingdom of God started moving in power as demons were cast out and the sick were healed and the dead were raised and water was turned into wine and storms were stilled and the hungry were fed and so he demonstrated something of what the kingdom is and in the kingdom that is to come the final kingdom there is no darkness there's no death there's no sickness there's no demons there's no hunger it's just an amazing place filled with unspeakable joy and so after the resurrection we're given the holy spirit and it's like through the holy spirit eternity reaches back to us and gives us a taste of eternity now. It's like this with hope. Eternity, through the Holy Spirit, reaches back and gives us hope now. That's good.
That's good. So we need the Holy Spirit to burn hope into our hearts. To burn hope into our hearts. To remind us that God has promised us hope through the resurrection of Jesus. So folks, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be drenched in the Holy Spirit. We need to be imbued with the Holy Spirit. We need to be marinated in the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit through every bit of us, every muscle and, and tissue and bone and corpuscle, every bit of us, every part of our spiritual being, our soul, our spirit, every bit of us, our minds, all, we need to be baptised, we need to be overflowing, we need to be overwhelmed in the Holy Spirit. When we're baptised in the Holy Spirit, we have power to be who God intended us to be and to do the kingdom stuff that he wanted us to do. We have strength to do that and we have hope. Hope for one day and hope for now and for hope tomorrow and for the rest of time. I want you to stand if you would. <coughs> Jake, can you take the call away, please? <coughs> so today. I've been speaking about stuff that really messes with us. I've also been speaking about this incredible God who cares, who is called Jesus. And today, now hear me carefully here. If you have never come to a place where you've asked Jesus into your life, surrendered your life to him, if you've never come to a place where you said, Jesus, I really want you to start running my life because I'm really messing, I'm really messed up and I just don't know what to do. If you've come to a place where something is resonant, something is buzzing you, where you need to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Can you just put up your hand and then you can put it down. But make sure I can see because you know what my eyes are like. If there's someone here, just this, is a, this, this will change your life when you open your heart up to him. And maybe today you have just been wandering in all sorts of directions away from Jesus. You've asked him in your life in the past and somehow you've just got away. And today you're thinking, I just need to come back. If you're here today, can you just put your hand up? I just want to say this again and I'm not going to drag it out for 20 minutes. If you need to... Do something with God today to ask Jesus into your life. You just put up your hand. Don't, don't hold back on this. Don't hold back on this. One day we're just going to have a whole service of testimonies of people whose lives changed when they were going to put up their hands. We won't do that today, but one day we're going to do that. And as Christians, you need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit, you need to. You're missing out. 
It's the most awesome, exciting thing, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a, it's crazy. It's, it's incredible. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's like God just takes hold of you. and you, It's like it's a massive baptism of love. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to be. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you may need a fresh infilling. Someone said to me, it only happens once. Well, you start reading the Bible and you see the Holy Spirit falling on people who fill the Spirit and it's just overflowing. So you need that. So lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. And if you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit, just not only lift your hands, lift your heart. And if you need a fresh touch, lift your heart. And if you're just saying, well, I'm having whatever you've got, God, lift your heart. So Holy Spirit, would you come? And would you fall upon your people? Would you rest upon your people? Would you fill them, Lord? Jesus, would you walk amongst us, placing your hands on people, filling them with your Holy Spirit, empowering them with your Holy Spirit, giving them power to to make it through the day, giving them power to be all you intended them to be, giving them power that will that will that will fuel hope in their lives through the resurrected Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and fall upon your people. Fill your people with your spirit. Empower them with your spirit. Overwhelm them with your spirit. More, Lord. More of your goodness. More of your grace. More of your power. More joy. More of who you are, Lord. More, more, more. Now, this is where we're going with this. Today, you need to be filled with the Spirit. So start coming to the front. And some of our guys and girls are going to start praying for you. So start coming out of your seats and start coming to the front. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit, for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, to be overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, to go out here with fresh power and hope. So start coming now. Start coming now. Start coming now. Start coming now. This is not a day to hang back. This is not a day to hang back. This is not a day to hang back. Awesome God. Awesome God. Awesome God. There are still those of you that need to come, that need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Some who need, in a sense, refueling, refilling. Some of you need to be baptised in the Spirit. Some of you just, just need something. Some of you need just a fresh blast of hope. You may need to forgive someone. You may need to deal with some bitterness and resentment. I'll tell you, bring it to God and ask Him to fill you with His Spirit. You may need to lay some anxiety and fear at his feet and ask him to replace the anxiety and fear with the, the love of his spirit. If you've got stuff inside of you that's messing you, come to the front, someone will pray for you and ask God to take that as you hand it over and fill you with the love of his spirit. That would be a good way to go out today. We're going to go into some worship. And I'm just saying, don't hang back. Come to the front and just receive from our amazing God.
This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.